Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning, Mosaic. How are y'all this morning? Good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. My name is Kristen. I'm one of the pastors here at Mosaic. And we are in a series called, as you just saw, I like it, right? A series all about gifts, the gifts that we get, the gifts that we like, the gifts that we don't like, and what we do with our gifts. So last week we actually started by talking about receiving. Because our receiving posture actually affects the way that we can give better or good gifts. This week we are going to talk about giving. Next week, Pastor Naeem will be uh, finishing up this series. And then we would also love for you to join us on Christmas Eve. We are going to have a 3 and a 5 o'clock Christmas Eve service right here and online we know that right now, this is really a time where people are looking. They're looking for something. They're looking for a lot of things. Some of them know they're looking for a church. Some of them have no idea they're looking for a church. But we would love for you to invite your family, whether it's here at the Hope Center or to join us online for Christmas Eve at 3 and 5 p.m. All right, before we get into it really quick this morning, we are also in the middle of a campaign uh, project called The Expanse. If you're in-house, I know you've already heard about it a couple times. If they're watching online, I want to make sure that we don't miss telling them as well. So we are trying to expand our Hope Center. If you've noticed, we do not have the word church on the front of our building. It says Hope Center because we truly believe that God is going to use this space and our lives to make a difference in our community. So for those of you who have already pledged, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like you saw in the video with Pastor Mike, there's not a whole lot of updates <laughs> to be had right now. It's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money. But we are stepping out in faith for God to show up and do what only he can. So if you want to pledge, if you've been thinking about it, you can do so today. And we thank you so much for those of you who already have. Your giving, your commitment to us in 2023 will be a gift. See what I did there? Are you all awake? All right. This is actually a gift. This is a gift from under my Christmas tree. And this is what they all look like. This is my favorite wrapping paper. And I love a good gold glittery bow, right? The problem is that what all of the gifts under my Christmas tree actually look like is this. You see the bottom? The wrapping paper does not touch. I can try a hundred different ways. This is always what my gifts look like. Now, also it's because I don't care. <laughs> I flat out don't care. And I know every year people come for me about this and they're like, listen, you need to do it. It matters that this is what your presents look like. It matters that this is what you're giving people. And I'm like, but does it really? Does it really matter? Like, it takes, take two seconds. It takes two seconds to fix it. And I'm like, I know. 
I don't have two seconds. Like, I am a mom at Christmas. I have got things to do. I literally just got a text from the orthodontist that was like, hey, you're 13 days late on making your daughter's appointment. I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's not even a Christmas thing. So, yes, people come for me all the time. They're like, the way you wrap your gifts matters. The way it looks matters. The details matter. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it kind of does. Maybe it kind of does because gifts actually communicate things, don't they? Gifts communicate things when we give them to people. A gift can communicate what a person thinks of you. What a person thinks of you. Think back to some of the gifts that you've received maybe in the past. Think about the way you felt when somebody gave you those gifts. Sometimes you get a gift and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I didn't know that you felt this way about me, but now that I see this gift, I'm like, oh, you actually listen to what I say? Oh my gosh, so fun. And we love those gifts. They make us happy and they make us feel special. You've probably opened other gifts, which is the opposite, more like the little girl in the video, and you're like, ha I like it. Right? But in the back of your mind, you're like, this is what you think of me? This is who you think I am? You think that I wanted a mouse covered in rhinestones for a computer that I don't even own? Like, what is going on? Do you even know me at all? Right? And those gifts communicate a different kind of feeling and tell you what that person thinks of you. Gifts can also communicate what someone thinks about your relationship. Mm-hmm. Got some mmms in the front row here. What it communicates about your relationship. Sometimes you get a gift and you're like, oh, okay. You like me more than I realized. I think maybe you like me more than I like you. <laughs> like next year we got to set a limit because well, thank you for this and this is cool and I can tell that you love me, but that is not what I got you. This is not lined up. Now it's about to be an awkward situation, right? Or a gift can communicate a relationship that you didn't even know existed. Has that happened where somebody brought you a gift totally unexpected and you're like, uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know we were like doing a, did, we, did I miss a text? Like I didn't know we were doing a gift exchange thing here. And so then you just stand there awkwardly and you're like, thank you, you, Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Like what do we do with that, right? Gifts communicate things about your relationships. There are certain people that you want to give you a gift because you want confirmation of how they feel about you. But then there are other people that you're like, please don't, please don't, please don't show up here with anything because I got you nothing and like I'm good where we are, we don't need to go to another level, like we'll just leave it at that. Even more than communicating though, I think gifts define relationships. Gifts define relationships, which is why we give different gifts to different people. Okay, we give gifts to our family, we give gift to, gifts to friends, you might give gifts to your coworkers, we give gifts to God, but there's a reason that you don't give your coworker the same gift that you give your wife. Why? Because gifts define relationships. They define relationships. In the Christmas story, we see the giving of gifts as well. And we often think of the nativity, which is the visual representation of the Christmas story. And we know who's there, right? Mary and Joseph, baby Jesus, the donkey. There are usually shepherds and animals. And then off to the side, usually we see the magi who are often referred to as wise men. Now, these people, these magi were actually astrologers. They were dream interpreters to the Persian king. So these were not Jewish people. These were not people setting out to find the God that they 
followed or the king necessarily of their people. They were just setting out because they believed that if they followed the moon and the stars and all of these celestial beings, that actually it would predict things in their life. It would predict things. Often, what they thought that the stars were predicting was a dignitary, a ruler, a king. So the Magi are following the star, and it happens to land over King Herod's palace. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. King, star, followed it, here we are, cool. So they start asking questions. They're like, so where is this new king? What's happening with the new king? And King Herod's like, what new king? What is happening? So he has his own conversation. Meanwhile, the Hebrew scholars, the people that actually do know the Jewish scriptures are like, hey, we know what you're looking for. We know the king that you're looking for. It's actually not Herod. It's not him. We don't know why the star stopped here. We're, we can't like fill you in on those details. We're not exactly sure. But we do know, because God told us in a prophecy, that there's going to be a new king and a baby, and he's going to be born in King David's family in Bethlehem. So I don't know about the star, but like King Herod's not the guy. You need to go there. And so we see in Matthew 2 that the star reappears. It says, the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Joy. I looked up. I was like, I want to know, like, how happy they were. So I tried to look up, like, the original Greek for the word joy. And it's really funny because it doesn't actually translate. And it was, the, like, the easiest way to translate it is, like, they were joyfully, joyfully, joyful. Like, they were, it was just, like, joy, joy, joy. It was, like, all of these different ways to say, to say joy because there was no actual word for how happy they were when they got there. They were beyond ecstatic. So they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. <clears throat> Sorry. Then they opened their treasure chest, their treasure chest, and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, we typically think of three gifts, right? Why? Three wise men, three gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Most nativities have three wise men, always men. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, with their three gifts, and that's it. And that's what we think was presented to baby Jesus at the manger, because that's the picture that we see. But it's probably not the way it happened. These magi were probably coming in a caravan. I read one um, scholar say that there could have been a hundred magi that were traveling, following the star. This is what they did. This was their job. This was their whole life was to follow these things. So even if all of them had shown up with only one gift, chances are good that there was more than three. I love this translation because it said treasure chests of gifts. And this matters. It matters that there was a lot, and it matters what the gifts were. And you can look up gold and frankincense and myrrh, and there's all kinds of really cool ties to, like, what it is and what it represents and all the rest of Jesus' life. But what I want you to know right now is that they were all expensive gifts. Gold was expensive. Frankincense and myrrh were expensive. They were hard to come by. And the reason this matters is that because right after all of these gifts are presented to the Holy Family, Joseph has a dream. Joseph has a dream where an, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, you got to get your family out of here because King Herod is seeking out to kill every baby boy under the age of two. So you got to take him to Egypt and you got to go. These gifts all of these expensive gifts would have been what funded their trip to Egypt. 
Mary and Joseph and the baby, these gifts would have been what allowed them to get away and get to safety. These monetary gifts from outsiders would financially provide for where God was leading them for years to come into the future. God, uh, the gifts of the Magi made a way for Jesus' ministry to actually start. Isn't that cool? It's so much more than just like, here's a little present, Jesus. Baby Jesus, here's a present. No, this allowed his ministry to start because it allowed his family to get to safety. It was like this funny full circle moment where the gifts of the Magi were brought to God's gift to us. God's gift to us. We talked last week about how we need to receive baby Jesus. And we need to receive Jesus just as he is, which was a baby when he was given to us. But we also need to remember that this baby, baby Jesus, is a gift from God. He is a gift from God that defines and redefines our relationship with him. It's a gift that defines our relationship with God. It says that God is no longer far off. This is not a God who now is distant and only can be accessed by certain people or in certain places. It tells us in Matthew, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This gift is God's presence. This gift to us is God saying, I want a relationship with you. I want to define or redefine or start or continue or pursue or get back into a relationship with you. And I'm showing you this by giving you this gift. God gave us the gift of himself. There is no tricky or slick way to say it that's any better than that. God gave us the gift of himself. Himself. And then, years later, when that body that held him was broken and was no longer, God gave us another gift in the Holy Spirit. He was like, hey, I know that Jesus has come back to heaven. He's ascended. You think that my presence has gone with him. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you another gift of myself because I want my presence to continue to be with you. He gave us eternal life. He gave us salvation so that we would never have to live without his presence ever. His presence is so important. He gave us spiritual gifts. God just continues to give and give and give of himself. He gave us spiritual gifts so that we can take his presence into the world, so we can share his presence with other people who don't know him yet or who don't have it yet. God continues to give of himself and give of himself and give of himself because he wants to define his relationship with us. God loves you so much that he just keeps pouring himself out. He cares about you so much. He does not want to be a part of you, so he just continues to give and give and give of himself. And it doesn't matter if you're mad, he's going to keep pouring out. If you walk away, if you're like, I'm done, God, no thanks. He's not going to force himself on you. That's not how he is. 
but he's just going to continue to be present and to be there and to give and to give. And you're like, I can't with your church and I can't with your people and I'm done. God's like, cool, I'm going to keep continuing to give and to give and to give. And if you walk away and you're mad and you're sad, it's okay. I'm going to continue to give and pour myself out and give to you and give to you and give to you. See, we see this a lot at Christmas with baby Jesus, but God is giving us to himself all of the time. His presence is available all of the time. He wants a relationship with you all of the time. And it doesn't matter if it's the first time that you've said, okay, God, like, let's have a DTR. Let's define our relationship. Let's figure out who you are in my life. It doesn't matter if you did it yesterday, if you did it an hour ago, if it's been 35 years. It doesn't matter. His presence is always available, and he always wants to give it to you. Because we were made in his image, this good giver, right? We were created in his image, so we were also created to give. At our house, we have an elf, an elf-on-the-shelf elf named Twinkle, because we are big believers in both and at our house. We believe that you can both honor baby Jesus and have fun with Santa and his buddies at Christmas time. And so our elf named Twinkle usually shows up at our house on December 1st, and she always shows up at the nativity. She's good at that, of reminding us, like, hey, yeah, we're going to do these both and things, but we're always going to keep our focus on Jesus. Twinkle's good at reminding us that that's what this season is really all about. And so December 1st of this year, a couple, a couple weeks ago, Margo, my seven-year-old, who is usually the last one out of bed, jumped up at 6 o'clock in the morning, running around the house, forgetting that Twinkle's always at the nativity first, to try to find her. And she was so excited. Oh my gosh, you guys, she was thrilled. That like made her day, Christmas magic, it's so fun, everything is the best. Our house is very chaotic in the morning. We've got two people trying to get ready for work, two people not really tr trying to get ready for school. We're trying to get them ready for school more than they're trying to get ready for school. It's a lot. So things are happening, I don't really notice. I come downstairs, go to leave the house, and I walk by the nativity and I'm like, Wait, what? And I, Twinkle looks different. And I'm like, Twinkle, what happened? So I bend down closer, and Twinkle's holding something. Twinkle, our elf, is holding something. And I look, and I was like, is that a golden gram? It was. It was cereal. <laughs> it's a golden gram cereal. Just one little golden gram right there in our elf's hands. And I was like, Margo, did you think Twinkle needed breakfast? Like, that was sweet. She's like, Mom, no. Like, I was like, oh, did she do it herself, right? Like, oh my God. She's like, Twinkle needed something to give baby Jesus. I'm glad y'all felt it because that has stuck with me for weeks. I'm like, why is that touching me so much? She wanted to make sure that Twinkle had something to give baby Jesus. And I'm gonna tell you, that did not come from me. That did not come from me. We have never told our kids that they have to give something to Jesus. We don't do a birthday party for Jesus. I know lots of families do. That's not something that we've ever done. So my kids don't have this idea of like having to give something to Jesus. I think Margot, as a child, just something innately within her was like, Twinkle has nothing to give and so I feel for her. So I'm going to, without thinking twice, I'm going to share what I have. I'm going to give her something that I have so that Twinkle doesn't show up empty. I can relate to that feeling. I can relate to the feeling of showing up empty. I can relate to the feeling of having nothing left to give. 
And if I'm being honest with you, I felt it a lot the last couple weeks when it's supposed to be like the happiest and most special time of the year. And it has been hard. It has been hard, and I hate it. I hate the feeling of having nothing left to give. I hate the feeling of being empty. I feel like I'm disappointing everyone. I feel like I'm disappointing myself. I feel like I'm disappointing God. And so I just chase after things. And I'm like, but if I do this and I make Christmas magic and all of this stuff, then it's going to be good and then I'll feel better. And then this awful feeling of having nothing left to give is going to go away and it never works. It never works. So I've just walked around with this feeling, emptiness, of having nothing left to give. And then one morning, I was trying to take it to God again. I'm like, hey, do you hear me with this? Like, I'm having a situation. I'm having a hard time. I got nothing left. I'm empty. Like, if you could fill me up, that would be cool. He doesn't always show up right away. I don't know why. One day maybe we will. But I was taking it to him again. And I really just felt like God said, could it be that you feel empty, not because you have nothing left to give, but because you're giving all the wrong things? Not because you have nothing left to give. You're not giving the right things. Now, for you, for me, I think that can mean something very different. So God and I had a whole journaling session about what that looks like in my life. But if you feel that, if you feel that emptiness, like you're trying to pour out of a cup where there's nothing there, maybe take that question to God. Maybe sit with that yourself and go, am I giving the wrong things? Should I be giving something else? <clears throat> I also wonder if we have grown up and grown out of being good gift givers? Have we grown up and grown out of it now that we're adults who know better, right? How many of you would consider yourself a good gift giver? <clears throat> we have any good gift givers? Couple. How many of you would consider yourself a bad gift giver? I, I will raise my hand, so don't worry. I am not a good gift giver. I am not a good gift giver. How do you know, right? Here's how you might know. You might be a bad gift giver if you give out of lack. If you give out of lack. Sometimes it's a lack of time. It's a lack of time. You're like, listen, I got 100,000 things to do because it's Christmas. My list is longer than Santa's. So I'm just going to grab something on the way. I'm going to leave it till the last second. I just don't have time. I'm giving out of a lack of time. Sometimes we give out of a lack of care. Now, this doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but we all do it. We all have obligation gifts, right? Teachers, coaches piano teachers, neighbors, the mailman, certain family members. We all have obligation gifts where we're like, I have to get you something, but like, I don't really want to spend a lot of money on it. I'm not going to put a whole lot of thought or effort into it. So, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to get you something so like it's special enough, but not like that special. Do you know what I mean? Obligation gifts. We give out of a lack of care. And if we're honest, most of us could probably be better gift givers. Now, for those of you that raise your hand, you're like, I'm a bad gift giver. Don't shame me right now. Don't make me feel bad. I'm not doing that. Okay? But I think that we all have room. If you're like, this is hard for me. I get it. This is not everybody's spiritual gift. <clears throat> it's not. Giving gifts and being thoughtful and being generous and expressing meaning with the things that you do, <clears throat> it's not everybody's spiritual gift. That's why I like lists. I am a Christmas list person. I'm like, please, I want to make your Christmas so happy. So if you will tell me what's going to make you happy, like just tell me and I will go buy it. I will give it to you. I will wrap it. Not well, but I will wrap it. 
your Christmas will be happy, I will be happy, everybody will be happy. We're not trying to be impersonal, just make a list, right? Tell us what it is that you want. And if you are a good gift giver, just, you know, extend a little grace for the people in your life that are not. We're trying. We're trying. Just give them your list. Just do it. Give them your list. Also, giving gifts is not a competition. It's not a competition. I mostly have to tell myself that because I love a competition, but I also like to win, and I'm married to an amazing gift giver, and I am a bad one. So I always have to remind myself, like, this is not a competition. Peter is very good at this, whether it's in giving gifts or even just hosting. If people stop by our house, he is thoughtful and he is generous and he will take care of you and everything is amazing. He is a very good gift giver. Actually, for my 40th birthday, Peter blindfolded me and took me to my gift. <laughs> I can't believe I'm showing you this. And we have a video clip, actually. Let's watch it. Concert. Are you gonna cry? Shut up! Are you crying? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Wait, let's oh go. reaction when I give gifts. Now, if you saw the box, if you know, you know, you're like, whoa, the shock of getting that present, right? But the point is, Peter is an amazing gift giver. He is a great gift giver. Some of you are really, really good gift givers. And the reason that I never get that reaction is not because I can't or because I don't know how. It's because I don't try. Like, let's just be honest. For those of us that are like, man, Peter, that's amazing. Peter, that was amazing. I also, if I could give a little bit more effort, if I tried a little bit harder, if I gave it a little bit more time or care, we could all give gifts like that. God wants us to give like Peter. God wants us to give like God gives. God wants us to give like the Magi did. In 2 Corinthians it says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, which means not out of obligation, not a lack of time, not out of a lack of care, for God loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to be cheerful givers. This does not mean happy clappy, okay? It does not mean that every time that you make a withdrawal from your bank account that you're going to be like elated and have this so happy feeling. It's not what it means. It means he wants us to give from the heart. God wants us to give out of love. Really, my reaction to that gift, yes, it was kind of about the shoes, but really also it was about the way Peter gave and that he gave out of love. When he gave me that gift, I felt so seen and so special. This was something that I had not mentioned to him in over 10 years. I had not talked about these shoes in over a decade. But he remembered. He picked out something that he knew I would love and would never dream of asking for. And he took the, t the time to save up the money to get them. And that was what turned me into a blubbering mess in the middle of the mall. 
It was his heart and his intention in giving. It doesn't mean that every gift has to be over the top or get that kind of reaction, although that would be amazing. It just means we have to give from the heart. We have to give out of love. That means we take our time. We take our time. At Christmas, we take our time thinking about the people we're giving gifts to. We take our time shopping. We take our time wrapping, right? We take our time doing all of the things. But even when the Christmas season is over, it means we take our time sitting with people, listening to people, putting our phones down and being present with the people that matter because we're communicating something with our time. If we pay attention to the timeline, the Magi did not show up at baby Jesus' manger. They actually showed up two years later. If you ever wondered why King Herod went for baby boys two and younger, that's why. They took their time. They did not give out of obligation. No one told them to give these gifts. They took time and they went two years later. They brought the gifts at a time that Mary and Joseph needed them. Giving out of love also means that our gifts mean something. They communicate a level of care to people. Anybody who's ever bought an engagement ring understands how this works, right? Now, ladies, your value is not tied to the value of that diamond. I'm going to tell you that right now. Let me just remind you. But we understand, we all have seen somebody get engaged or experienced it or know somebody who has. We know that gifts communicate care. That's why this is a big deal. An engagement ring is a gift that means something. So we need to take our time. We need to think about the people that we're giving gifts to. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Just something small. Something that means something to that person. Have you ever gotten a text at just the right time and it was exactly what you needed? That was quick, and that was free. But that was something that someone took their time with meaning. Your words can be a gift. Your words can be a meaningful gift to someone. When the Magi brought their gifts, it meant something as well. Like I said earlier, not only did it finance the trip, not only did it finance their uh, Jesus' future ministry, but they brought gifts because they wanted to. Not out of obligation. Nobody else brought gifts. Nobody told them, hey, you need to take a gift to this baby. They just did because they wanted to. Something in their non-Jewish hearts was touched by this new king. Enough that they were like, hey, we want to go and we want to take gifts and we want to show up here. I don't think they understood the whole Jesus is like half God, half human thing. They didn't convert. They didn't start all of a sudden practicing Judaism and following God. They didn't do that. But something within them was like, we need to give. We want to give. We're going to give out of love. And we also, today, give out of lack or out of love. We give to God out of lack or out of love. And when we don't take the time when we don't take the time to give to God, when we come to church just because we have to, when we listen to something just because somebody like sat us down and made us watch it, when we do a really fast rush through a devotion or we like check off, okay, God, I prayed today. Okay, I did this. I'm going to do all the things that I have to do to look like a good Christian. That's not giving to God out of love. That's giving to God out of lack. And that's religion. That's just religion. And God doesn't actually want that. He doesn't need it. He doesn't want you to give to him out of lack. God wants you to give to him out of love. So what that looks like is when we give God our worship, 
when we give God our praise, when we give God glory, when we give God our brokenness in confession, when we give God ourselves in submission, when we take time to just be present with him. Not because we did the most devotions or the most Advent readings or we have the most Jesuses in our nativity. We give to God out of love when we just sit in his presence. When we just sit with him and we give him our love. We give him our time. Giving to the local church is also giving to God out of love. When you give to the local church, and not just tithing. Tithing is important, but sometimes tithing can feel like one of those religion things, right? Where you're like, okay, let me do the math, and I got to do 10%, and so I'm going to begrudgingly make sure that that goes out every month. Check, check, I'm a good Christian religion. When we give to God out of love, we give to God as worship. We give financially to the local church as worship. And just as God continues to give us his presence over and over and over and over and over without ending, the local church needs to be giving back over and over and over and over and over without ending. That's why we, at, at this Hope Center, we are trying to raise $500,000 to build out a gym because we want this to be a space that gives back to people over and over, not just so the kids can come and play basketball, but so the kids can come both and have fun and learn about God. That they can have fun and make friends and have a place to practice and run around and learn about God's goodness and how he can change their lives. That's why it matters. When you give financially to support the local church, it communicates to God that you are here to help build his kingdom. Gifts define your relationships. So how, thank you, how are your relationships? Are you a good gift giver? With your time, with your care, with your resources, how could you be a better gift giver? And it's okay if you are like, I don't have time. I'm not really religious. I don't really know what to do. I don't really know what to do. <laughs> it's okay. God is like, listen, I'm going to keep giving, and I want you to keep giving. Maybe for some of us, our act of worship is just taking our time and saying, all right, God, I see you. I see what you're giving, and I see what I'm giving. I see how you give, and I see how I give. And I'm done giving you excuses, and I'm done saying that I don't know how and that I don't know what to do, and that I don't have enough money. Nope. And I'm done <clears throat> with all of the things going 90% of the way. And so maybe for some of us, this is our worship. Just taking the time to give better. Because we know that what we give communicates to the people around us. And I think that our relationships are worth it. I think our relationships are worth it. I think God's kingdom is worth it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but our act of worship could really be saying, I'm gonna make this 
the best that I possibly can. I'm going to take the time, I'm going to put the effort in, and I am going to give the best possible gift that I can give. Because my relationship with God is worth it, and the people in my life are worth it. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you just continue to give to us. God, we thank you for your example and your model of what it looks like to give and give and give, even when there's disappointment, even when there seems to be lack, even when it's hard. God, I pray that you would show us where we can be better givers. And if it's financially, God, I pray that you would show us that clearly. But if it's not, if it's with our time, if it's with our care, if it's with the way we treat other people or show up for other people, God, would you show us that as well? And God, for those of us, Father, for the people out there who have never actually received any gifts from you, God, maybe they know who you are, but they've never actually received Jesus. They've never actually received your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that right now, your presence would just be so clear. Whether they're in the room or they're watching online, God, maybe they're on a walk or they're driving. God, maybe it's just been a really hard day and they don't even know how they got this message, but they're listening to it. God, I pray that you would just stir in their spirits, that they would feel your presence, whether it's the first time, the 500th time, God, help us to receive you so that we can give better gifts. Thank you for making it so simple that all we have to do is let you in. Just that we don't know how it works and we probably could try a little harder. But God, here's what we have. Here's what we have to give. And we want to take and receive whatever it is that you have to offer us in Jesus and in yourself. God, I pray that we would all receive that today. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.